Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America, where every weeknight we have Christians, patriots from all across the country and some friends from around the world coming together to reflect on, pray about, and commit ourselves to advance the greatness of America. President Trump made a prediction, and it came true. He made a promise, and he fulfilled it precisely in regard to something very momentous that happened recently. We are going to share that with you during this program. Secondly, some of the most powerful voices transforming America from a culture of death to a culture of life. What are those voices? We're going to show you that in this program. And then third, Biden, or should we say Brandon, what in the world is he missing as he took his action on Friday with a lot of pomp, circumstance, and bluster, but not much substance, uh, in response to the Dobbs case of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. What is wrong with this man? And what is wrong, more fundamentally, with the position that the Democrats take on, that is the Democrat Party and its leaders I'm talking about, that they take on this reversal of Roe. They have a one big fundamental blind spot, one big fundamental error in the way they're looking at this. And that came across loud and clear in that executive order ceremony, which we're going to show you a few minutes of. Uh, we can't, I know we can't, we can't stand looking at this man and listening to him for too very long. So I'm not going to impose that on you. But uh, we're going to just get enough to enable me to make my point. We welcome you to believe your comments. We're going to get into our scripture and our prayer and then our commentary. But leave your comments, leave your questions. Let me know where you're from. Let me know what your prayer intentions are. We're seeing all your various comments here on the screen. And we'll get to some of those before we're finished here tonight. I want to go to the, the Gospel of Luke with you here tonight, friends. Uh, starting with um, verse uh, 43, a second half of the verse, in um, chapter 9, Luke 9, 43. While they were all amazed at his every deed, Jesus said to his disciples, Pay attention to what I am telling you. The Son of Man is to be handed over to men. But they did not understand this saying. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they, that they should not understand it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. An argument arose among the disciples about which one of them was the greatest. Jesus realized the intention of their hearts and took a child and placed it by, their, by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For the one who is least among you is the one who will be the greatest. Then John said in reply, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him, because he does not follow in our company. And Jesus said to him, Do not prevent him, for whoever is not against you 
is for you. Let us pray. Father, we pray for America. We thank you for the greatness of this nation. A greatness conceived not only in liberty, but in humility. In the awareness our founders had that the greatest would be the least. That power is service. That true freedom is submission to your will and your law. Lord God, we thank you for the lesson of the child. That Jesus says, receive the child. Receive the child in my name. That is how you receive the kingdom. That is how you receive me. Lord Jesus, be with us. May we receive you as we receive a child. And may in receiving the children in our midst, we always have the joy of welcoming you. Father, thank you for your son, for his teaching, for his example of service, giving himself to the point of shedding his blood, giving his life, offering himself on the cross. Let that be our strength. Let that be our hope. Let that be our foundation. As we move forward, Lord God, in defending and proclaiming and building upon the greatness of this nation and voting accordingly in these midterm elections, we pray in the name of the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So Friday, Brandon showed again how clueless he is and how much of a puppet he is to the Democrat extreme radical left when he addressed in an executive order ceremony, he had talked for 15 minutes about the Dobbs decision that you and I have been talking about for a long time and that you can find a lot of information about that I have put forward at supremecourtvictory.com. A lot of explanation, a lot of documentation, a lot of videos that we've been putting together for the last year uh, and more since the court announced that they were taking this case. The court did something very momentous. President Trump mentioned it the other night in his rally in, in Anchorage. He said, yes, a great thing. Great thing was given to us by the Supreme Court, the reversal of Roe v. Wade. So Biden and Harris were there and Becerra from HHS uh, in the White House talking about this decision, misrepresenting it, completely clueless about the constitutional issues involved. I want to show you a few minutes of this and then comment on it. Let's roll the first clip. Now with the Vice President, Secretary Becerra, and uh, Deputy Attorney General Monaco, I want to talk about an executive order I'm signing to protect reproductive rights of women. In the aftermath of the Supreme Court's terrible, extreme, and I think so totally wrong-headed decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, brothers and sisters, let me read the holding of this decision that he just described as extreme. Listen to this. Here's what Dobbs held. Held. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled. And the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. That's the holding of the case. Now, let me ask you something. Does that say that abortion is now illegal? Does that even take a position on abortion? Listen to it again. The authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people. If the people favor abortion, what does this decision mean? It means that they can keep it legal. 
Now, we vigorously disagree with that, obviously, but I'm talking about what the decision says. Biden called it extreme. In what way is it extreme to say that the people will decide? That's our first question. That's our first challenge to this man and and to his cohorts in the Democrat leadership. What's your problem with letting the people decide a contentious issue that's been dividing the nation for so long and so intensely? The people know how to decide these questions using their elected representatives. And you don't like the way a particular policy is going? Well, you lobby your elected representatives, and if you still don't like it, you unelect them in the next election. What's the problem? Oh, this is extreme. It's a disastrous decision. In what way exactly? That you don't get to decide for 330 million Americans? Is that the problem? I I don't know, brothers and sisters. This is so uh, outrageous that a decision which is actually neutral on abortion would be called extreme. Let's look at the second clip. In both formalized actions I announced uh, right after the the decision, as well as adding new measures today. Let's be clear about something from the very start. This was not a decision driven by the Constitution. Let me say it again. This was not a decision driven by the Constitution. And despite what those justices and the majority said, this was not a decision driven by history. Not a decision driven by history. So let me read something from the decision regarding history. And I'd like to hear these Democrat fools contradict this. Until the latter part, this is reading right from the Dobbs decision, the latter part of the 20th century, there was no support in American law for a constitutional right to obtain an abortion. No state constitutional provision had recognized such a right. Until a few years before Roe, that was 1973, by the way, no federal or state court had recognized such a right, nor had any scholarly treatise. Indeed, abortion had long been a crime in every single state. At common law, abortion was criminal in at least some stages of pregnancy and was regarded as unlawful and could have very serious consequences at all stages. American law followed the common law until a wave of statutory restrictions in the 1800s expanded criminal liability for abortions. By the time the 14th Amendment was adopted, and that, friends, is the amendment that some people claim to find the liberty to abortion, three quarters of the states at that time had made abortion a crime at every stage of pregnancy. This consensus endured until the day Roe was decided. My friends, that is indisputably the history of abortion in the United States. And at the oral arguments, the other side could not deny that. That's the history. If there was a right to abortion being claimed in American law or jurisprudence, tell us where it is. Show it to us. You notice Biden didn't do that. He can't do that because it's not historical. So instead of making a constitutional defense of his position in favor of Roe, he just makes the ridiculous comment, oh, well, this decision had nothing to do with history. It has everything to do with history. 
It's the right to abortion that has nothing to do with history. Well, I'm going to show you a little bit more about this and comment a little bit more, but I actually want to take a little pause here. I want to show you a special video clip. I told you at the outset, first of all, I'm going to tell you a little bit later about a promise uh, that President Trump made that was fulfilled in a marvelous way just recently. I'll show you a prediction that he made that came true to the letter. But then, of course, there are many of those, right? There are many of those to discuss. You can tell me a lot of them, uh, as I can tell you. Uh, We all know it. But I also told you at the outset, powerful voices that are leading this country into a culture of life. It's a project of Priests for Life, my ministry, and Anglicans for Life. Let me show you this very moving clip about the Silent No More campaign. Powerful new voices are arising in the debate over abortion. The voices of those who have actually experienced it. From coast to coast, women and men who have lost children to abortion are speaking out about its pain and devastation and about the healing and forgiveness they have found through the pro-life movement. Their witness is changing hearts and minds. Former U.S. Senator Zell Miller writes, The most poignant sight for me at this year's annual pro-life march and demonstration in Washington, D.C. was the large number of women holding signs saying they regretted their abortions. Celebrity Kourtney Kardashian says, I looked online and I was sitting on the bed hysterically crying, reading these stories of people who felt so guilty from having an abortion. I was reading these things of how many people are traumatized by it afterwards. Friends, I'm privileged to be the pastoral director worldwide of that campaign, whereby those who have actually had abortions, and not only the moms who undergo the procedure, but the dads who also lose a child in the process, are finding healing in Jesus Christ, because he's the only source of our hope and salvation, right? But then they are doing, as many people did in the Gospels when they were healed by Jesus, they ran off and they told the story to everybody that they could so that those people could find the same healing, forgiveness, mercy, and salvation. The Silent No More campaign. These are some of the most powerful voices in this whole debate. People think abortion's a good thing. Listen to the women who've had it. So go to silentnomore.com, just like that ad just showed, and uh, read the testimonies, watch the videos, listen to the voices of these women, men, and families. Okay, so back to what Brandon said the other day. So it was Friday. He issued this executive order, and boy, did he say some silly things about the Dobbs case. Let's play the next clip. You've all probably had a chance to read the decisions and the dissent. The majority rattles off laws from the 19th century to support the idea that Roe was was a historic anomaly because states outlawed abortion in the 1880s toward the end. But that's just wrong. The truth is, today's Supreme Court majority, that is playing fast and loose with the facts, even 150 years ago, the common law and many state laws did not criminalize abortion early in pregnancy, which is very similar to the viability line drawn by Roe. But the Dobbs majority ignores that fact. And the Dobbs majority ignores that many laws are enacted to protect women at the time when they were dying from unsafe abortions. This is the horrific reality that Rose sought to end. The practice of medicine 
should not, emphasize, should not be frozen in the 19th century. You know, this is exactly the opposite of what happened. It is Roe v. Wade that freezes science in antiquity. It skips over, literally, when you read the Roe versus Wade decision, it goes into some scientific uh, arguments, if you can call them arguments, um, that literally skip over hundreds of years of scientific development. The reason abortion laws were passed throughout the 50 states, uh, 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 throughout the existing states, I mean, at that, at the, in the 1800s, was because of a growing understanding, and the laws themselves said this, a growing understanding of how human life uh, begins and for, at fertilization. Scientific knowledge was growing, and so the law was catching up with it. To freeze the law in a past, old, antiquated version of science is precisely what Roe versus Wade does because the decision says, well, we don't know when life begins. Well, yes, we certainly do. Otherwise, you wouldn't have, you know, test tube babies and, 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 and uh, in vitro fertilization. My goodness. I mean, the ignorance here is quite amazing. Um, and not only that, but he's talking as if uh, the 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 um, he's talking as if there's been no scientific developments since then. And notice what he's saying. Oh well, you know this decision is uh, uh, is, uh, is 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 based on antiquated history because uh, the reason uh, that abortion was outlawed was to uh, keep women uh, from dying. Well, that's not what you see when you read the laws that were passed in this country over the over these uh, 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 last hundred years. That's not what it indicates. It indicates just the opposite. It's of the awareness of the developing baby. What's the thing? Now, 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 I want to ask you a simple question. I'm going to show you another couple of clips here. What is the one thing throughout all these clips that Biden never mentions? We'll get to that point in just a minute. Let's watch another clip. On the day the Dobbs decision came down, I immediately announced what I would do. But I also made it clear, based on the reasoning of the court, there is no constitutional right to choose. Only the way, to, the only way to fulfill and restore that right for women in this country is by voting, by exercising the power at the ballot box. Let me explain. We need two additional pro-choice senators and a pro-choice House to codify Roe as federal law. Your vote can make that a reality. I know it's frustrating, and it made a lot of people very angry. But the truth is this, and it's not just me saying it. It's what the court said. When you read the decision the court has made clear, it will not protect the rights of women, period. It will not protect the rights of women? Are you serious? Listen to what the court said. Tell me if this sounds pro, pro-life or pro-choice. Tell me what it sounds like. The court's decision today properly returns the court to a position of judicial neutrality on the issue of abortion and properly restores the people's authority to resolve the issue of abortion through the processes of democratic self-government established by the Constitution. So listen. I don't disagree when he says, get out and vote. Of course, that's what we have to do. And if this decision motivates more people to vote, that's good. But if he thinks, and if Democrats think, 
that the American people are going to vote for the position that Roe v. Wade put us in, unlimited abortion without restriction throughout pregnancy, my goodness, are they disconnected from the American people. But we know that they are on all kinds of issues. Um, but the decision speaks for itself. It's drawing a position of neutrality, and it's saying we, the court, are not going to decide either pro-life or pro-abortion. We want you, the people, to decide. Let's watch the final clip here from the other day. And let me be clear. While I wish it had not come to this, this is the fastest route available. I'm just stating a basic fundamental notion. The fastest way to restore Roe Ro, is to pass a national law codifying Roe which I will sign immediately upon its passage on my, at my desk. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. Codifying Roe, that's not what they want to do. Roe v. Wade permitted the states to prohibit abortion in the last few months. Is that what you want to do, Biden? Is that what you want to do, Harris? Is that what you want to do, Democrats? No, it's not. You want, because you already voted on it, you want a law that says no restrictions right up to the point of birth. Stop lying to the American people and say you want to codify Roe. You don't even know what that means. You're going to codify Roe when it says the right to abortion is not absolute because that's what the decision says. And furthermore, codifying Roe, why are you not paying attention to what it says about the interest that the state has? And this is the thing, brothers and sisters, that he never mentions in the 15 minutes that he spoke the other day during this executive order ceremony, he never once mentions the life in the womb. Not once. Not a word. Not a wink. Not a nod. Not a reference. Not an inference. The man goes through 15 minutes of talking about how bad this decision is, how good Roe v. Wade is, and what abortion policy needs to be in the United States of America, and he never mentions the child in the womb, not once. Now, am I surprised on that? No, because that's exactly the weak and discredited, quote, argument that the other side made in the, throughout this whole debate. Even Roe v. Wade said there's another piece to the puzzle. Read the decision. Even Roe v. Wade says there's another element in the equation aside from the woman's freedom and the woman's privacy and her autonomy. There's another piece to the puzzle, which is the life growing within her. Roe v. Wade acknowledges that. And it even says that the state has an interest in protecting that life. Now, what you want to call that life, how much value you want to give to that life, well, that's part of the debate, isn't it? We believe that it has infinite value. That child is a child of God, just like the rest of us. But that's not what the court is deciding here. But the court is saying there are weights and there are interests to be balanced. That's what constitutes the whole debate over abortion in this country, that some people are yelling about the woman's freedom and other people are yelling about the child's right to life. So you got to see, well, how do those two things fit together? Isn't that the essence of the debate? And what the court is saying is the people are going to decide that. The states are going to decide that. What the, in the world is Biden talking about here? He's not even mentioning the other part of the equation. So if you just reduce this to, oh, well, you know, we can't interfere with the woman's right, her privacy, or her autonomy. Boy, doesn't that make things simple? Because that's the only thing they're considering. That's it, friends. 
End of discussion. Would that life were that simple, right? It's not. They don't even mention, much less come up with a formula for balancing the other side of the equation, the whole other piece of the debate. My goodness, these people are so shallow. You're going to stand up and pretend to defend Roe v. Wade, at least get the argument right. Roe v. Wade itself is saying that you have interests here that have to be balanced. It's set up an intricate framework by which, of course, no basis in the Constitution for doing this. It was more like a legislative activity. But at least it set up a whole framework where it said, well, the state, as the pregnancy goes on, has increased interest in protecting the life of that baby. And by the time you get to the third trimester, that interest is compelling so that the state can, in fact, come down on the side of the baby and prohibit abortion in those final months of pregnancy. Roe v. Wade said that. The very thing that Biden is saying he wants to codify. Friends, they're lying to us. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't care that they don't know what they're talking about. And they want to fool us us all. And they want to ram their pro-abortion position down our throats. They're not going to do it. This is what the court repented of, literally repented of in this Dobbs decision and said, you know, we're not going to impose abortion on this country anymore. Well, I wanted to show that to you. Um, you know, I, 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 I have, I, let's, let's take a couple of questions. I'm going to go a little bit longer here because you're asking some great questions. Let me just see what, what is here. Uh, Bob Graham, thank you for watching, Bob, and thank you for your question. Father, what say you about the recent Uh, communion controversy regarding Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Bob, uh, let me start by saying this. She better not ever try to come to me for communion because I will refuse her and I will do the same with with Brandon too. They ever dare to come near me, not that they they would have any reason to, but if that were to ever happen, uh, my goodness, I would refuse them right away. Because, you you know, it, 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 it doesn't even have to be about religion. You belong to a club, you belong to an organization, Uh, You belong to a country. You subscribe to its tenets, right? You subscribe to its principles. Otherwise, have the integrity to leave and and, and go to one that that you do believe in. But you say you have membership in a particular church and then you throw its core teachings out the window. I mean, that's just, you know, I don't expect my political uh, 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 leaders to be living my faith. I want them to defend my right to live my faith. I don't care what their faith is. But I do care if they're being honest or they're trying to deceive people. What she's doing is, oh, you know, let me try to get the Catholic votes and meanwhile throw the Catholic teaching out the window. Uh, wow, this is really bad. Joe Crow, uh, um, uh, or Crow, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing. It would be nice if there was a show in which it was described why being pro-life is the main issue in voting. Joe, you have found that show right here because that is one of the key topics I will be discussing between now and the midterm elections. And I have a lot of shows that I have done on that already that you can find at the following website, prolifevote.com. I thank you for this very important question. Prolifevote.com. I want all of you brothers and sisters, I invite all of you to become familiar with that particular webpage because that's our political webpage at Priests for Life. And we've got programs there and videos 
talking exactly about what Joe just asked. The reason pro-life is the main issue is very simple. Without life, we don't have any of our other rights. It's the foundation. It's not the only issue. It's the foundational issue. It's the core of every issue. The reason an issue is an issue in the first place is because of the dignity of human life. So we're going to talk about this in uh, upcoming programs. It's part of our election education. And I am so grateful, that uh, Joe, that you asked that question. So I told you at the beginning of the program, President Trump made a promise and he made a prediction. And I want to remind you what that was because it's pertinent to what we were just discussing. Let me show you a web page. This is from October of 2016. You remember what was happening back then. Trump, I'll appoint Supreme Court justices to overturn Roe v. Wade abortion case. Is exactly what he said in this. You see that? Let's go back up to the headline there. I'll appoint justices to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, here's what he said specifically. He said, if he's elected president and gets to appoint justices to the high court, he was asked, what will happen with Roe v. Wade? Do you want to get a guarantee from them that they're going to vote against Roe v. Wade? He said, no, I don't have to get a guarantee from them. It'll happen automatically. He said, I am pro-life. These are his exact words. I am pro-life. And then, and then the moderator of the debate Chris Wallace, pressed him on whether he wanted the ruling overturned, and here's what President Trump said, then candidate Trump, that will happen automatically, in my opinion, because he would um, nominate justices to the court who did what? Who believed in the Constitution, who believed in ruling according to what the Constitution says, not according to what their own preferences are. That's why you don't ask a judge their preference on a policy issue. You ask them what they think about the Constitution and the role of the judge. Okay, so um, what he said exactly is what happened, right? He got to nominate justices, and it happened. He didn't ask them if they were for or against Roe v. Wade. And if they're asked a question like that, they, they, they're not supposed to answer it. Judicial ethics, you don't tip a, a party in a potential lawsuit uh, ahead of time as to which way you would judge. It's not fair to the parties, right? But it happened automatically. Why? Because these men and women that he appointed are all about the Constitution. And abortion has nothing to do with the Constitution. So thanks for watching, friends. This has been uh, uh, always, it always is good to be with you. I want to pray for you right now. Lord, and let's pray for America. Lord, bless your people who are watching right now. You know the needs that they have. Some of them have expressed their prayer intentions. Uh, Lord, whether it's for health or guidance or wisdom, decisions that have to be made, sorrows that need to be endured, joys that need to be celebrated, uh, members of their family that need to be brought back to you. Oh God, bless all these intentions. Bless America. Bless our elections. May we be strong, active, and influential on our fellow citizens. We bring you all our prayers and all our needs and the needs of our nation at this point in time as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. You see the address on the bottom of the screen. Spread the word about this program. Join us again tomorrow night and uh, stay connected with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network as well. And all of us at Priests for Life are praying for you as together we pray for America. God bless you. Talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.